Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and here with me is Jay Jones. Good morning. And this is Text Driven Tuesday. Text Driven Tuesday. I see that you don't have your tablet with you this morning, George. I don't. Does that mean you don't have any shenanigans? I don't have any shenanigans for you this morning. Shenanigans? Shenanigans free Text Driven Tuesday, I guess. No. I didn't uh I didn't run across anything that was particularly humorous over the weekend, so Yeah. Sorry. Sorry okay. sorry to let That's you all right. It. It's okay. I have something to look forward to Friday. I'm all business today. I guess. Yeah, yeah, you sure. are. Don't be daft. Don't be daft. Right. <laughs> well It's instructions to you, Jay. Shall we jump in here? Oh well, before uh, uh, oh, before we start, I I, uh, I read that uh, they are starting to wind down the uh, Asbury. Oh, are they Asbury thing? How do you wind it down? I don't know. Hmm. They are limiting it to just afternoons now. The chapel, they're they're starting to interesting. Like, I don't know. I thought they were going the, nonstop twenty four seven. I well, had they I, been stopping I, in the nighttime? No, I think it was I think it was 24, 24 oh. hours. Uh I just read that they're starting to restrict the times now. They got to get everybody back to class. Probably. That's really what it is. They're like, <laughs> look, we got we can't take off two straight weeks of school. Hmm? Is that what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, either. I just I just read that. I don't yeah. have I don't have all the details. I just thought I'd pass that along to you. Mm. In case you were following it. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't been tracking. I haven't been tracking it every day. Like, <sighs> I guess some are tracking it every day, and there's like a little uh, Facebook page. I, I guess there's a live stream. I, I was looking for it. I didn't find it. I guess I wasn't looking very hard, huh. but I guess there was a live stream. You could watch it. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens now. Yep. See how if, if there's any fruit comes out. Mm-hmm. Long-term, long-term fruit. This is really exciting, right here, George. I mean, hey, you're the you're you're the interviewer. You're supposed to interview me today. Okay. So you got. How was your weekend? You got to get some. How was your? George, we got to work on your interviewing skills, skills, buddy. My weekend. It is Monday morning. It is Monday morning. I haven't had any coffee, George. I have Um, coffee available. I know. I told you it's premium. So I, I said, <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I, uh, I sat down last night. It was a, it was a long, it was a long day. Sat down, put on a movie, had had some coffee, and next thing I know, it's like after midnight. And you're awake still? No, no. Oh, you fell asleep <laughs> after drinking coffee? Yeah, it didn't do anything for you. Just didn't do anything for me. Mm. No. Nope. Do you have anything extra in that coffee? No, no, go night night. No, it's just, <laughs> just coffee. You're just that tired, huh? Just coffee. It just, mm. yeah, just didn't do anything. How, how was your weekend, Jay? It was, it was good. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, pretty good weekend. We move stuff around in the office. It's mm-hmm. always fun. Threw away a bunch of stuff, and yeah, got some awesome new book shelves built. Looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They're yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. Should have taken a picture and showed it. I do have a picture. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to show it? I mean, you don't have it all set up yet. But. Well, I don't. You know, you know what though, George? Because I'm some somewhat of a technology expert. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I can plug this in and it'll work. You think so? I think it might. Because when I try to plug in my my phone, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, go to my thing. Let's see if it works. Boom. Very nice. There he is. Yeah, that's nice. There's a man right there. Sam. The real life real life cabinet making, shelf making, real life cowboy. Yep. Those are nice. It was it was super pro level. He's going to have people wanting him to, to make I mean he could do that full time. Probably forever. Yeah. He could he'd be on back order for Oh yeah. 
he'd have like a couple hundred back orders easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So yeah, there they are. If you're, if you're just listening to the podcast, you're going to want to jump on YouTube so you can see these these amazing bookshelves. I didn't put the shelves in yet, but he, this is right after he finished. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Amazing. Yeah, he could. He could He could just start doing that. He could. All the reform boys are going to be salivating. Yeah, all the Theo bros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I want to put all the rebinds on the... <laughs> Yeah, on their custom made, right? Custom made uh, uh-huh. Solas Solas shelves. Yeah, yeah. So you you uh, you didn't see, but I started to put a few books on, and I was thinking about a controversy. The controversy is: Do you take off the book jacket or do you leave it on? And many people are like, ah, you take it off. That's just a wrapper. You don't leave the wrapper on like a gift when you get it. Mm. But my logic is that's a free bookmark. <laughs> you know what I mean? I take that inner part and I just put it in, and that becomes my bookmark. Yeah. So, then I'll throw away free bookmarks. That's mine. It it goes with you everywhere. You can't drop it. What do you do? Do you pull them off? I leave them. I leave them on if the book is on the shelf. But if I if I'm reading the book, I take it off. Take it out. Yeah. Okay. The hybrid version. Hmm. Sure. All right. I use an actual bookmark as my bookmarks. Mm-hmm. I do too. Or I, or, pi- or pictures. I'll, I'll use I'll use photos as bookmarks. Mm. Okay. Really, I'll use anything that's laying around as a Me bookmark. Yeah. Just... Post it note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you can find. Yeah, I don't really like using the book jacket as the as the bookmark. Yeah. Yeah, those things they get in the way. They're nice on the shelf. Take them yeah. off. But that uh, that does. Um, that just raised the question. Do you prefer paperbacks that the covers just it's just it's just there, or do you prefer the hardbacks? I like hardback books the best, but they just cost too much. They yeah. cost a lot. They cost a lot more usually. They do, but they are they are superior. They are. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. Well, should we? Jump All right. In? As uh, fascinating as this whole conversation has been. That's why they come here. <laughs> That's why they come back. They like to hear about book jackets. Let's see. What is what are Jay and George's thoughts on book jackets? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Well, we are in Ecclesiastes. Um, we're still in chapter eight, at the very end of chapter Sand. eight, and uh, we are talking about uh, how dark and despairing and frustrating <laughs> and depressing life yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah, that's where that's where we go a lot of times in here. And you traumatized everyone. <laughs> did I? All over again. Oh, uh, in the church I hate service. to bring it up. Uh, did it did it bring some trauma back up for you? It did. It did. I'm going to have to go to Kyle. It. I'm going to have to go to Kyle Howard and, <laughs> and have him address. <laughs> you going to go to therapy. trauma. <laughs> going to go to therapy. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yep. You didn't bring a clip, did you? Oh no, we oh. no. I can. I I will though because <laughs> oh, no. I know I know we have some people that are curious. Oh no. You know we've got we've got curious folks. Oh no. And so I'm gonna find it. I, they want to know. I, I mean, I, some, apo- I apologize like already, some people, everybody. Okay, you set it up while I find it. Okay. What do you want me to set up? Just tell them what I'm showing. You're gonna, sh- gonna show. you're gonna show a clip from the Neverending Story. Mm, yeah, I am. Oh goodness. If you've never seen the Neverending Story, you need to you need to stop what you're doing right now and go, and go watch the Neverending Story. When did this thing come out? It, I mean, I I grew up watching this I don't thing, know, man. Eighties, early eighties, mid eighties. I don't know. Dang, this thing has 1.9 million views. <laughs> because people people are gluttons for punishment. They want to they want to feel bad. I guess they want to feel bad. So. How do you even set up the never-ending story? This is a this is a story within a story. This kid's reading a book, and the and the book is the movie. Some have called it a modern masterpiece. Uh, it's it's uh, it's good. Hmm? Yeah, I'm just kidding. It's a classic. Do, do they? It's a classic. <laughs> it's. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic. Uh, but um, as the as the main character in the in the story is going on his quest to stop the nothing, yeah. which, which is the it's the antagonist, but yeah, it's, yeah. but it's nothing. Um, <laughs> it just it's, it's destroying. It's destroying. It's, it's consuming the world. It's destroying yeah. the world. So uh-huh. he's going on a quest to to try to stop it. Uh, but uh, he goes. 
he's he's on this quest and oh, he goes through. The old knee just blew up on me over here. Did you hear it? I didn't. Huh. Okay. Um, he goes through the swamp. Yeah, the swamp of sadness. Mm-hmm. And the if you the sadder you get, the more despair you get. Mm. The more you sink into the swamp of sadness. So, okay. I'd said uh, it wasn't the, my very beginning opener. Right. I don't even know where it came in the sermon. To be honest with you, first point maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was in your. It was in your first point. Okay. So, the reality of the world is that is very much like this swamp of sadness, and I mean, Salma is not hiding the reality of the uh, frustrating perplexing nature of, of the world we, w- in which we live post-fall. It's filled with, uh, if you go to your to your Bible, we're going to be in um, chapter 8, beginning of verse 14, and so he, he just brings it up again, that there's a vanity that takes place on the earth, righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. There are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of righteous. So he just brings up again the perplexing nature. Of, of of our world, and that it's filled with all kinds of frustrating things, um, things we can't understand, sad things, and so what do we do? We just get sucked down. So, who knows why these thoughts come from the long long ago past? Mm. But uh, it just I just thought of it like this scene. Yeah. And so you, the scene can really be you know one of the things that happens to you if you. If you take a, a realistic view of the world, um, you might end up being like this. So let's watch it. So this is Atreyu. I might have called him Atreus. I can't remember if I did or not. Atre- Atreyu. Atreus, another great character, huh? Atreyu. <laughs> and he's pulling this horse, his horse, and there's this wolf is like pursuing him. And this horse, it starts to sink into this quicksand. And I used to seriously be scared of quicksand. I used to think, like, like is there quicksand, <laughs> uh, like, just out in the world? Um, Your fears, having lived in Oklahoma, are just the, the most bizarre. Hey, but here's the thing. There are quicksands. Yeah. If you get over by, like, the Red River Valley area over here, mm-hmm. you can get into some quicksand. So so don't don't you take it lightly, George. Uh, are there sharks in that quicksand? I, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. If you're in the quicksand, you're you're done. And you see here, you know, this is uh, a good metaphor for life, really. Um, and we can feel like that. We're this getting bogged down by life. So let's check it out. Let's all be traumatized together. All right. Do I have no sound again? Come on, Ortex. What's wrong? Come on, boy. What's the matter? I understand. It's too difficult for you. sad gave into his sadness and despair swamp got him hmm? what happened to the horse in real life I'm gonna need a moment what happened to that <laughs> horse did that horse really go under you know uh, things I things I'm wondering uh, happy Monday morning everybody <laughs> oh our text hmm. 
Thanks. Thanks, Jay. You going to put a memorial in your house for him? Maybe. So, I mean, this is uh, the reality of the world that we live in. It's filled with uh, sadness, and it can pull you down like that. So there you go. How about that for getting getting you sucked in? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> do you want to uh, do you want to read the passage? <laughs> then we'll, okay. Then we'll talk about. Let's it. do it. There is a vanity that takes place on earth that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked, and there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this is also also is vanity, and I commend joy. For man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go well with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes sleep, see sleep, then I saw all the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. There you go. All right. So, um, this is a passage on, again, the, um, the mysteries of, of life mm. and how we are to respond to it. Right. And there are a variety of ways in which people respond to the, um, these, I don't know, en- en- enigmas mm-hmm. that that are all around us. Mm-hmm. And we see in uh, this first verse, this mystery mm-hmm. of why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. And why do good things happen to bad people? Right, yeah. So one of the things that we don't, I don't think, I don't think Christians should do is they shouldn't pretend that the problem doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So they should be realistic about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is something that people have grappled with for centuries. Uh, you go back to the book of Job, and very, very much Job is a refutation of our idea. We naturally have the the opinion of Job's friends. Job's friends seem to be locked into like there's some type of calculus that runs the universe. Mm-hmm. It seems like Solomon's trying to find the answer to it, actually, in yeah. this passage. But... Um, they think, well, Job's suffering because he's done something bad. Mm-hmm. He's a sinner. He did some wicked thing. He's getting what he deserves. Right. Um, and he's maintaining in, the whole time, he's maintaining his innocence that this this is not it. And he himself doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Why is why have these things happened to me? I'm innocent. Um, and we know he is innocent. So we get it. We have information that that Job or and both his friends that they don't have it. They don't have it either. So we got to maintain that uh, a realistic view of it. Um, that's okay. The Bible does that. I think some people don't. They think that it, to be a Christian means that you just always are going to, no matter what, uh, pretend everything is okay, mm-hmm. and it's just not it. Uh, so Job twenty one twenty one seven through fifteen. I didn't read this in, in the passage yesterday. I was like, I felt really free from my notes, so I don't know how the delivery was, but. I, de- I definitely said a lot of things that weren't in my notes at all, okay. and I left out tons like stuff that was there. I didn't just didn't even touch mm. it. This is one of those. Yeah. So could you tell? Like, any? No. Yeah, I don't know why. It just was. But this is a. Listen to these verses as Job describes it. it kind of captures the problem. I think a lot of people think to themselves, but maybe don't share with other people. He says, "Why do the wicked reach old age and grow mighty in power?" Their offspring are established in their presence and their descendants before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear, and no rod of God is upon them. Their their bull breeds without fail, their calves do not miscarry. They send out their little boys like a flock, and their children dance. They sing to the tambourine and lyre and rejoice to the sound of the pipe. They spend their days in prosperity and peace, and they go down to Sheol. They say to God, Depart from us! We do not desire the knowledge of your ways. What What is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit do we get if we pray to him? Mm. I think that's, uh, we should acknowledge that we have thought those things as well. And that's helpful for us. Yeah. Um, it's the same, it's the same question that, that Asaph asked in uh, Psalm 73. 
Mm-hmm. Why, why do all these, why did all these evil people experience ease mm-hmm. in this life? Right. Right. Um, so we can, we can respond in a variety of different ways, but um, your, your point was that Solomon and inspired by God. Yeah. Wants us to have joy. Yeah. In the midst of this, he wants us to have joy, but it's not, it's not like you said, it's not, this is not a, a joy that comes through just pretending like everything's okay and, right. and just slapping on a, a smile. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is, this is more than just um, uh, blind optimism. It's, right. it's realism, mm-hmm. but there is joy that we can have if we, if we, if we grasp these truths that, that Solomon's talking about here, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. And people uh, will respond in a whole variety of ways just to manage, like to manage living in a world. Um, the world is fallen and is broken, and as you become an adult, you realize that, and you've got to live. So people will adopt variety of ways to deal with these things. Um, uh, they, you know, you'll run to some people that just kind of give into the hopelessness of it, and they're just kind of miserable people that no one really likes to be around. You know what I mean? Kind of a curmudgeon. Yeah. You ever meet anybody like that? Never. 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 <laughs> huh. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've been around some curmudgeons. You ever meet anybody in, a ch- in the church like that? Huh? Is this? Is uh, this, you don't have to drop this, names. Is this confession time? You don't have to drop any names or anything. I'm oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think about uh, uh, Grand Torino. Remember that great character? He's kind of like that. Right, he knows the world. He knows what it is. He knows what he is mm-hmm. in the world, and he's just a big curmudgeon. Yeah, you know. You ever seen that movie? It's uh, yeah. Uh, well, for people that haven't seen Grand Torino, which is which is a rated R movie, it is a rated R. We it's could, Clint Eastwood. We could talk about a rated G movie. We could talk about Up. Yeah. Ever seen? Up? Oh yeah, he's he's a curmudgeon. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, his, you know, he has this happy life, and then his wife gets sick and dies, and he just kind of, yeah, goes into himself. He's just a shell. Yeah, but he's he's grumpy. Yeah, he is. Right. Yeah, and then he makes his uh, big giant balloon. Mm. Yeah, and then you could just become a skeptic. I guess you could become skeptical of everything, um, questioning everything, doubting everything. Um, those those folks aren't fun either. It's kind of a cynicism. Yeah, you're not fun. Mm. You're not fun. Don't like to be around you. Nobody does. Uh, how about nihilism? Nihilism. One day before I die, I'll figure out how to say it. Which which way you're going to pronounce know. it? How am I going to say just, it? Don't know. If you just keep going back and forth, it's like you keep you keep uh, people guessing. Two big mysteries of the universe, right? How do you say nihilism, and how do you say Augustine? <laughs> Augustine? Augustine? Does yeah. anybody know? I don't think we do. Lost to time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's unlivable. Nobody really lives that out. You know what I mean? Um, they'll have to invent a way to not just commit suicide if you're a nihilist, I or, guess. Or anyone that, um, no one lives it consistently. Like right, they, that's what that, I said. Like they'll, like they'll um, they will, you can't, you, you could maybe, you could maybe profess it, but at the same time, you're going to be denying it by, something that you're doing well yeah i mean if you look at what they you know the logical conclusion is why do i exist should i kill myself or not and obviously we do not want anybody to do that so we would say just leave nihilism behind that's a no-go yeah it's not livable Mm -hmm. nobody lives it anyway if someone has it they'll be like you know what i'm just gonna create something to live for um but one that's common that definitely i think is more of a temptation to church folks is to live in, a, in this type of escapism, um, to occupy your mind and your thoughts with the things of the world to sleek in them pleasure. And you may think, initially, you're like, this doesn't make sense. He says, I commend joy. Well, uh, is, he, is he then recommending to us some type of escapism? But he's really not, because what he's already told us, he's already given us the warnings of pursuing this type of hedonistic hedonistic escapism, and he's shown us repeatedly how 
that is all meaningless and empty. There's nothing there to be had. So that's not what he does. But he does commend joy. I mean, if you look at back at your text, it's very clear. Verse 15, and I commend joy. What a strange thing. What a, what a strange deal. Like, if you didn't know it was coming, you wouldn't see it coming. Right. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, it, it, is, a, it is a surprise. Mm-hmm. Here's bad things happen to good people, good things happen to bad people. I commend joy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like the it's like a, the weirdest transition. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> so this is so we didn't we didn't say your 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 points. This is your first point. Yeah. Right. That um, God wants you to rejoice, or Solomon through through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit right. wants wants you to rejoice in the common gifts of God. Uh huh. Right. That's a yeah. It's a very simple lesson. Yeah. It's a it's a very simple lesson, but honestly. I think it's like incredibly profound. And I think if you do what he says, I think it's like a depression destroyer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it has the ability to pull you out of the swamp of sorrow. Yeah. Um when you realize how good God's been to you just just in your in everyday common things that you take for granted. Yeah, so we need to we need to define what he means by I commend joy because this can easily be mis- misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, people can, um, they can say, "Well, is he, is he, is he telling us to just ignore verse 14? <laughs> is he, is he telling us to pursue a certain thing?" Mm-hmm. So we need to, to define what what's he mean by joy? Yeah. So um, let me see if I can pull this up. Another translation of the word could be something like myrrh, mirth, Mm. mirth. And really it... That's not a word that we use very often, is it? Yeah, gladness, mirth, festivities. Um, And the idea is is that God has provided means of things in the world. If you pursue them under under the... umbrella that these come from the hand of God mm-hmm. as a gift, they're means to produce joy in you, to produce real pleasure, mm-hmm. to produce pleasure, good feelings. Um, but if you pursue the things as ends in themselves, that's what the the first seven chapters, we hit on that over and over. Mm-hmm. If you pursue the things as ends in themselves, then you're not going to find joy. You're going to find misery. Yeah. But the key phrase here um, is that as all that God has given him under the sun. Mm. So you're to pursue these things. I commend joy. Nothing better under the sun than to eat and drink. He's just talking about common things. And be joyful. This will go well with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. So if you were paying attention before, this has come up repeatedly, this idea, um, this advice that he has. I remember when I first started studying Ecclesiastes, and maybe if you're listening the first time you ever read it, you thought, man, this is a profoundly negative book. And it can give you that impression. But if you were to go back through and mark all of the places where he recommends joy, you're going to get, I think, five. This is the fourth one. I think there's one more coming, and we might hit that one next week. And that one is in particular about the same type of things, but he adds to that your wife. Um, so here's a theme, like, uh, they're like structural support beams kind of throughout this book and to, I'll just read them to 24 and 25. He says, there's nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God for apart from him who can eat and who can have enjoyment. 322. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work for that is his lot who can bring him to see what will be after him. 518, behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil at which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Now our text, same thing, and I commend joy. For man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go well with him in his toil all the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. So tied to this, it seems very clear to me that tied to living in a perplexing world filled with all of these sorrows 
that can bring us down is to live in the world with an idea that we're under the sovereign hand of God, and God, the sovereign God wants us to experience joy, but these things come from Him rather than something that can be pursued apart from Him. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, verse uh, the one in the thread in in chapter two. This is from the hand of God. Chapter three, he tells us again, pursue joy, that this is his lot. Well, who gave him that lot? God gave him this lot. 5.18, God has given this to him, for this is his lot. 8.15, God has given him under the sun. So repeatedly, over and over. So the idea is, is that God has put these common graces all around you, and you have a key to joy. Um to pursue the means that God has given. Like, God could have made the world however he wanted it. And I think just these these things are they're signposts to how good God is. Like just think about what he recommends to eat and to drink today and to 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 pursue joy in eating and drinking. Um as gifts from God, like not as ends in themselves. Uh, just stop and think about it. We never, we never think about it. I don't, I don't think. At least I, I hadn't, probably before going through Ecclesiastes, that God didn't have to make the world the way He made it. Right? If if He made us where we had to eat food and we needed food and drink to live, all He would really need to do is to give us some type of taste buds that would tell us if what we were eating was going to kill us. Mm-hmm. Like, so you'd spit it out. You'd be like, oh, that's poison. <laughs> You know, spit it out, and then you like put something else in your mouth, and you're like, "Oh, you know, I don't taste anything. I'll eat it and live another day. It'll mm-hmm. sustain me." Right. That's not like that, man. I mean, you ever just think about all of the different flavors and all of the things you can eat that are just like they're ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous. Have you ever have you ever been into like a perfectly made like chocolate cheesecake? <laughs> You just shut your eyes, right? You just eat it. So, and you just shut your eyes and be like, "Hmm." You're like, so mm. yeah. So yesterday, ah. yeah. So when you were preaching, you were talking about like this amazing cream soda. Mm. You got to tell me which which cream soda. I mean, there's, okay, there's, okay. Ser- there's several cream sodas over there. What what, what right. cream soda were you talking about? Drake told me, and he's right. The best cream soda is actually at Ace Hardware. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So they'll have them over okay. there. Okay. At Atwoods. Uh huh. But if you want a, if you want a really good one that's made with honey, you go with honey. It's instead of sugar, it's made with honey. It's cream soda made with honey. Just trust me on it. Go over here at Ace Hardwood. What? 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 What's it like? Well, I well I know good, it when, well I know it when I see it. What? I mean, I, I I think so. It just says it'll say on there made with honey. Good. So so you preached you preached about <laughs> you preached <laughs> you talked about this cream soda and then today you're. You're talking about cheesecake. What are you trying? I to mean, do to you me, can do steak. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to do steak? You want to do uh, what else could we do? Um, Cindy Francie, she makes like all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. You can just throw any of her stuff in there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 pick something that's good to eat. You probably eat it too fast. So I'm gonna I'm you gonna pro- send you. A, I'm gonna send since I don't have my tablet. I'm gonna send you a. I'm gonna send you something on Facebook Messenger. A meme on on Messenger for okay. you to for you to pull. Do I up need to put it up so you can pull pull this? I think up it's going to go sideways. Can you send it to me on Twitter? Um, I don't know. Because if I pull up the Facebook it app, it might it might turn it might turn sideways and oh, not open in the correct mode. I don't know. Can I send it to you in Twitter? It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't pop up. But that's not an option for me. So the Facebook app goes sideways on the screen mm. usually, but I, I don't, don't know. I don't know any other way to send it to you. I could send it to you. Let me see if I can get it on, up. on our our message. Let's see. I think it I think it worked. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if it, see if it pops up. <laughs> all right. All right. Can you bring it up, Larry? There you go. There you go. Yeah. One bite of this chip would kill a 15th century peasant instantly. <laughs> <laughs> what is on that chip? Is that Dorito? Dorito. <laughs> is that a Dorito? And he put the. You ever get like the super Dorito that's yeah. got all the yeah. <laughs> all the flavors on it? Yeah. He scooped out the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It probably would. That's good. Yeah, because we we live in a world that <laughs> these fifteenth uh, 15th, fifteenth 15th century peasant wouldn't yeah. have even been able to dream of. Oh no, Mm-mm. all the things that we no the flavor the things that have been 
concocted mm-hmm. for us to eat and drink. You, if you're telling, look, you haven't, you have not even lived life until you've taken a bite of food and it made you worship God. Yeah, you're still on entry level. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're a baby Christian. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Um, one of our, one of our members, I think he, he told you he never heard atheism destroyed using cream soda before it's done it's done man <laughs> it is absolutely done yeah there is no there's no there's there, no there's no biological darwinian reason why we should have flavor at none. all there's or, none or, there's none let alone the let alone the the millions of different flavors that we mm-hmm. can we mm-hmm. can taste right there's no darwinian uh reason that we would uh have evolved um to in, interact with the environment as real, actually. I was watching a, uh, a scientist talk about this last night. He said, we don't know what's real. Like, and he's, because he's a Darwinian evolutionist. He said, mm-hmm. what, we, what we perceive to be real is the only thing that we need to pass on our genetics. So we might not even be, a, be able to know what's like ground level reality. We yeah. don't have access to it. That's what he said. <laughs> your five senses, you can't trust them. You just, you, you are experiencing what mm-hmm. your mind tells you so that you can pass on your genetics. What a miserable worldview. Right. And my worldview, cream soda, will tell you about the glory of God mm. and how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. Mine wins out in the end. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yours is the superior worldview. Yeah. You're going to sink into the swamp of sorrows like that horse. But again, this is not. The other this isn't view. just hedonism. It's not just pleasure for the sake of pleasure, and we know that because Solomon has already talked about it in the first couple of chapters. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, he's he did that. So I always tell people he's uh, people know, might not know what I'm talking about when I say he goes on a Charlie Sheen bender. Uh-huh. But that that is uh, <laughs> well. There's another clip that you can pull up. Good, <laughs> Larry knows. Larry, Larry, you know that Char- Charlie Sheen. Uh, well, yeah. maybe Charlie Sheen went on a Solomon bender. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, he tells you. It's like he writes his life is an absolute train wreck. Mm-hmm. We've gone through it several times. Right. But he seeked pleasure in everything as mm-hmm. an end in itself. Right. And he says it's like chasing the wind. Like you're trying to capture the wind, you know? Yeah. It's just meaningless. Mm-hmm. It's all meaningless. But it's not meaningless if you pursue joy, I commend joy, pursuit of pleasure under yeah. under God's sovereign hand. Yeah, so we can we can um, we can swing too far in 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 both directions. Mm-hmm. The one direction is the hedonism. Yeah, that just throw throw caution to the wind and just pursue sex and, and yeah, that's money and pl- you know just this is just the pleasure, American way right? of life. The American way of life is yeah, the world is even though it's amazing here. There's a lot of bad stuff, and so we we'll just escape it by yeah. you know but, filling our life with all kinds of stuff. But we can we can swing too far to the other way, and we can become monks. Yeah, <laughs> and and this uh, this radical uh, asceticism, self denial. Yeah, you 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 know. Don't, Paul you don't, warns you about should, it. You shouldn't enjoy. Don't any, eat. Don't, don't enjoy anything. Don't right? eat. Don't taste. Don't touch. Right. Yeah. yeah. Paul says, "No, this is a no go." Yeah. Yeah. So the the uh, the the Christian the Christian worldview the Christian way to live is to enjoy the good things that God has given us mm-hmm. with that that conscious that conscious um, return of praise mm-hmm. to God. For yes, what he's right. he's given us, right? And it, and it has the effect of raising your spirits to, and you have it, and it's available to you every day. It's not like this is like, oh man, um, I wish that I could eat, and maybe here in three weeks I'll eat again, so then I can experience the grace of God. Some people live like that in the world, but mm-hmm. more than likely, if you're listening, um, then whoa, I just got a phone call from somebody through my tablet. <laughs> figure out how to turn that off. That's just, that is a distraction. <laughs> you just came through my tablet. Well, uh, you know, you could uh, surprise them and answer it on the, <laughs> hey, on the podcast. Hey, I should have done it. I'm going to try to text them and say, call me back. No. Call me back. You're alive on air. Um, and I think this would, I think that, that living with this, this understanding would keep us from the many excesses. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, like you, 
living this way is not licensed to be a glutton because uh, you understand that these are good things that come from God, and they're not they're not meant to just be enjoyed for in this this vacuum. It, it's meant to praise God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. If you want to, I mean, if you want to start teaching your kid how to do this, you know, I would commend a snack pack. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. See, this is practical. This is this is practical application. Buddy. Okay. okay. Real life. You get you a All snack right. pack. Okay. You know, if you're one of the natties, I don't know if you call, we'll just call them natties, and we say, you know what, I don't, I don't buy that stuff. Well, then you make your own snack pack. Good luck making it taste as good as a snack pack. But you can get you a snack pack. You know. Think back in the day when you open up your lunch, and if there was a snack pack, mm-hmm. the rest of your day as a kid, you're just you're just walking on the clouds because your mom put a snack pack in your lunch. Am I right? Okay. <laughs> Did you agree? So you tell your kid, okay, let's let's just calm down because if my kids, they'll just you know that's they kind of they just take after me in that in that way. Yeah. Calm down. One one spoonful of snack pack. And you're just gonna you're just gonna meditate upon the great taste of it and where the great taste come from that God gave you that, and just you know maybe take about five minutes to eat a snack pack instead of thirty seconds. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you can teach the lesson right there to a child. Right. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you never had a snack pack, a little snack pack chocolate pudding. <laughs> <laughs> snack pack chocolate pudding. You've never had it. I've had. Uh, yeah, I've okay. Had, I've had snack pack. Yeah. That's real theology. Theology for all of life. He's <laughs> handing out life lessons for us, Jim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you can do it in anything. You, just, you know, he mentions food and drink, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't exclude from this the the. The idea that he meant like this includes wine, yeah. Uh, wine in the Old Testament is usually seen as a sign of God's favor. He's given it to uh, to make the hearts of men glad. Now, anything that God's given us that could be used in moderation for joy, men can pervert. Mm-hmm. Even snack packs. <laughs> you know, you see those kids; they're running around. They're like they're like in the fourth grade, uh-huh. and they already weigh three hundred pounds. Yeah. Snack pack abuse, mm. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. So we want to make sure we don't abuse the things God has given us for yeah. for joy. Snack pack abuse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So was this in your notes? Is snack no. pack is just just uh, something you, you're you're thinking about. When's the last time? Like I'm wondering. When's the last time? Do I need like, to run out and get you a snack pack and a cream soda after we're done? Would that just I mean, make, maybe would that just maybe make your that day? would make a great day. That, that would make, make a great day. Monday. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good way to start off the week. Yeah, but you can do that. I mean, think think about how many times the sun has set here in Oklahoma, and it's. I'm telling you, these are some of the most beautiful sunsets you can see on planet Earth. I've been all over the Earth. Um, the best sunsets. I'm telling you, and I've even been to the West Coast. I've seen the sunset over there. The best that you can get. Um, they're pretty amazing in Hawaii, obviously, right? You know that. But that's just because you're in a different environment and you think it's super awesome because, you know, it's perfect weather, the ocean, you can hear the waves. I feel like that has a corrupting effect on your ability to judge. The best are in Iraq and Oklahoma. And the reason I, I had this realization, it's because the air is actually dirty here. <laughs> so you're breathing in all kinds of... Dirt particles that just blow everywhere. Uh-huh. But the but the flip side is, is you, you get can, you get asthma, but you've got great great <laughs> right, sunsets, right? Yeah, the sunsets are just next level. Yeah, the colors, and we just we just don't even pay attention. Mm. Common grace, beauty, incredible yeah. things. Well, I thought it was it was um, good that you you said we we're so distracted by all of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like verse fourteen, mm-hmm. right? we're, we're so distracted by well, th- these good things are happening to these bad people, right? That we we fail to thank God for all of the good things that He's given us, right? Like just these everyday things that we have. Mm-hmm. Just make a list. 
Yeah. Just sit down and make a list mm-hmm. today. I mean, all of the great things. I mean, if you woke up and you didn't wake up on the floor, like sleeping on the ground, mm. you got it better than probably most people in the world. And that means probably everyone in our church, I'm sure it probably woke up in a bed this morning with blankets, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's, we've it's we, very much have we been lavished with we, grace. We spend we spend all this time on on you know uh, social media, worried about our bad politicians, mm-hmm. <laughs> and God has given us all these good things. Mm-hmm. And if we spend as much time uh, thinking about the things that God has given to us, and less time about what what good things are happening to bad people. Right. And remembering God's common grace to us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, our our lives would be happier. They would be, right. Yeah. And, and obviously he's, you, well, you're never going to get the idea that he's just jumping into the common gifts of God for the purpose of pretending the world isn't the way that it is. That's not it. Yeah. With full knowledge of the world being the way that it is, right? The 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 one who uh, loves the Lord is going to not let the world destroy their joy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. This you live in a fallen world, and it's not going. I mean, it's been bad mm. since the fall. Like we have spikes where in different periods in different countries where things get pretty good, but even in the pretty good times, there's still injustice. Right. And there's still the things we observe in this unfairness, mm. uh, wicked people prospering over righteous. I mean, this this is just going to be going on till Christ returns. Right. So, you might as well learn to live in this fallen world with joy. Mm-hmm. And you take you take Ecclesiastes as a book. You don't just you don't just rip out mm-hmm. one passage and say, "Well, I'm going to live this way to the exclusion of everything else that he said." Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Okay. So. All right. So your first point was that. That Solomon wants us to rejoice in the common gifts of God. Yeah. Um, the the second point, verses sixteen and seventeen, are that we can we can have this joy when we rest in the incomprehensible God. Right. So Solomon has a style, right? And I figure like I'm getting his style. He'll tell you something by telling you by not telling it to you, but letting you read between the lines. Hmm. So. It, Go back and look at your text, you'll see in verse 16 that he's talking about when he tried to apply his heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on the earth. And by that he means everything, right? That's what he, he's told you repeatedly. He's mm-hmm. trying to understand what he already said in verses in verse 14. So there seems to be this inconsistency with how we think the world should go. Mm-hmm. We have this inner sense of, I guess, fairness, justice built into us, and we see that the world doesn't operate according to that. Uh, things are just happening. So Solomon tries to understand everything. It's like he's trying to figure out the key to some equation that if he understood it, he could predict and tell you what's going to happen to a person. But you can't do it. Like You can't say, all right, well, here's a righteous person. He suffered like a wicked man. Let me examine his life. Maybe there's something that'll give me the clue as to why this happened in his life. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't figure it out. So he's he's literally Solomon he brings up the idea of someone trying to obsess over everything that's going on in the world. And he says uh, you, you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. If you do that you're not going to sleep. The a really uh difficult verse to understand. Mhm. Yeah, the translation in the ESV is very woodenish. I looked, at, I looked at several, and I'm sure you did too. There, yeah. it's yeah. it just seems like maybe the Hebrew was was pretty difficult to translate. To translate, yeah, yeah. Um, the net the net Bible is similar to the NASB. I didn't look at the legacy, but uh, don't know if he's talking about himself or just in general. This is, if you follow this, this is what happens to you. But the net says, when I tried to gain wisdom and to observe the activity on earth, even though it prevents anyone from sleeping day or night. And I think most people can identify with that. Yeah. Staying up 
your mind occupied at night so much that you just can't sleep, can't turn it off, mm-hmm. thinking about everything, worrying about everything. And uh, yeah, and you can't sleep. Right. And that's, I mean, that's that's why it's one of the reasons the book is so great. It just tells you what you have already experienced. Yeah. yeah. And so it's reassuring in a way to know like, hey, you know, I'm not the only one who does this. Mm. But that's not how we, we don't want to pursue living life like that. Um, so the opposite of not sleeping and not resting is resting. So he then turns his attention to this realization in verse 17, that you're not ever going to understand the work of God on the earth. You can't. God's ways are beyond your ways. His His plan is not... You can't look at the world and discern what's going to happen in the world. So he says, I saw the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much a man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out, even though a wise man claims to know he cannot find it out. So God's ways in this world are beyond your ability to comprehend. So if you want to rest at night, you you have to not worry about everything in the world, and you have to settle on that reality. Uh, that God is incomprehensible, and I have to be okay with that. God and His work and His ways in this world are incomprehensible, um, and I need to rest there. And the only way you can rest there is if you believe what is comprehensible about God, which yeah. is a lot, right? There, God has revealed Himself to us in the Bible, so definitely... I am definitely not saying you cannot know or understand God. Okay, first off, God has revealed himself, and what he has revealed about himself is enough and sufficient for us to know him and to know what he's revealed to us about his ways. But you can't look into the world and figure God out, nor can you figure his ways out by examining the world. And I think some people, they take the... They take the um again, the extreme mm-hmm. of we can't know everything about God, so I'm not, I'm not going to spend my time trying to study. Mm-hmm. Like the don't put God in a box right. kind of mentality. Uh-huh. The um, kind of the, the anti-intellectualism mm-hmm. that I, I think is prevalent in a lot of evangelical churches. It's more feelings, less, right. less knowledge, right? So yeah, the more I the more I like start to study and like read about the human mind and consciousness, the more the more convinced than ever that I am that the real way to commune with God is through your mind. Mm. Like I I really think that is what the image of God is. Like the way like we have this ability. Uh the consciousness that we have is our way to commune with God. Now that affects emotions, but it, it seems to me very clearly we're told to to that we are to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Um, so the way to understand God is through the mind, mm. and He's revealed enough more than we could ever study. Right, like we we can never ever get to the bottom of it. Right, of all that God has revealed in the Bible, you could spend your entire life doing literally nothing. If somebody were to say, hey, your one job is to study this one topic about God, and you're just going to write. You could just write the rest of your life, I think, you know? Yeah. So we rest in what God has revealed about himself. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29 is kind of the verse that you know we see how God has told us this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So what God has revealed... That's that's for us. It belongs to us, and we can study God, and we can understand who He is and His ways. Um, that He's good and He's just, and He's a promise-keeping God. Uh, he's faithful. He's covenantly faithful. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, he's incredibly loving, loving enough to send His Son to die for our sins. Uh, he sent His Spirit to live in us, the same Spirit which raised Christ from the dead. That same power resides and lives in believers. Like that stuff is enough for you to study forever. Right. Um, and that's good. There's some things you're just never going to know. You're not going to look at the world and say, yeah, I get it. I get why this person died at a young age. The one that I brought up was uh, 
Matthew Henry. I don't think I'd ever heard that before. Yeah. I can't remember how old he was. I want to say he was he was relatively young. Mm. I'm going to look it up. I think he was in his maybe his 50s. Yeah, I'd never heard. Um, never heard I'd never him. heard of how he died, or if I have, I'd, I'd forgotten it. Yeah. Um, so we kind of the main thing we have of Matthew Henry is his commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a commentary on the entire Bible, which is unreal. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was 51 years old when he died. Okay. So he, you know, he's a great nonconformist preacher. And I mean, what a feat. Mm-hmm. Commentary on the entire Bible. I mean, not even Calvin, Calvin didn't even do that. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's good. It's like a it's like a really good commentary too. It's not like lifeway material. You know what I mean? <laughs> that like shallow stuff. Yeah. Like super shallow. It's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. And uh, he finished that in seventeen oh four. But ten years later he is thrown off of a horse and hits his head. He's and he's in route to preach. Like he's still about the, doing the work of of the Lord and in, in preaching the gospel. He's going to London to preach. Stops out on this other side town, and he gets thrown off of his horse and hits his head. And he still preached. What a tough dude! You yeah, know, this right. dude has a neurological. He has a traumatic brain injury, life threatening. And he's like, "I'm good. I'll preach." <laughs> you know, yeah. he gets done preaching and he goes to bed, and never wakes up. Like he dies. Mm. He dies of a brain injury. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. But, I mean, if we wrote the story, we'd say, oh, Matthew Henry, super dedicated, a real, real legit pastor, super, I mean, his mind is amazing. Let's let this guy live to be 120. <laughs> yeah. That's, if we write the story, mm. that we can write all kinds of books and preach everywhere. That's not God's, that's not God's plan. That's not his story. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely perplexing. And well, we can't uh, understand it. I mean, it's like uh, it's like Robert Murray Machane. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was brought up at community group. That here's this guy who is just this phenomenal preacher, um, and he dies what early thirties. What what did he die of? Just got sick. He just died. Man, I don't know. If, I mean, like a brain. <laughs> Brain aneurysm or wow. something. I, I I think he just I think he just died. Mm. I don't I don't think that he was sick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a mystery. So you just stay up night just thinking about all of that, and mm. and you just will never sleep again. You know. <laughs> yeah. We're just not going to get these answers. Yeah. You're not going to look into the world and say, "I've got it figured out now." So uh, that's the perplexing thing. And that's pretty much it. I mean, it's a, really a simple, a simple sermon. I thought. I mean, it's the text. The uh, the the lessons here in the text are very simple. Oh, you had typhus. Oh, okay, you had typhus. Mm. So, could just die of all kinds of stuff, man. Back then, yeah. Uh, same like uh, David Brainerd. You know, he he uh, did mission work with uh, Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Young young guy. Mm-hmm. Got sick and died. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's I mean it's the answers are very very simple. Rejoice in the common gifts of God and rest in the comprehend in the incomprehensible God. Mm. Um and I, that's a good that's better. Imagine if God was completely comprehensible. That would in a way almost make me not fully trust him. Because I'm like, how can I, as a mere human being, completely right. grasp right. an, an <laughs> yeah. eternal being? Yeah, a god, a, a god that is completely comprehensible isn't isn't really uh, isn't really God, right? right? If he's all if he's figured out by creatures, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's it. That's a, that's the a simple, a simple, the simple lessons. All right. Yeah, and of course we can see this ultimately. This perplexing uh, thing that he observes about the world, we see it most fully uh, revealed in in Christ. Yeah, he he is the righteous man who suffers like a wicked man. Except for he's the only one that's actually perfectly righteous. You know, everyone else, all the uh, that we that we see, hey, that's a good man following God's ways. That person is still tainted by sin. Yeah, um, Christ was perfect. 
And so because he he suffered, the righteous suffered in our place, so now we, the wicked, we get the benefits of him, the righteous. And that's the great news, the great yeah. news of the gospel. And we, we can know, we can know things about God that help us when mm-hmm. when we see bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. We know that God is wise. Mm-hmm. We know he's good. We know, like we, we studied last week, that there is perfect justice, mm-hmm. so no one gets away. Right. Um, so, you know, just because we don't know why God is doing all of these things doesn't mean that we can't trust his character. Right. I mean, he's, he's shown over and over and over for thousands of years that he's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the beauty of having and reading the Bible. Like, you can see God makes promises. Right. And he always keeps them. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, he does it in Christ. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we can have joy. Yeah. Right. That's it. You well, got it. Despite despite having to watch that uh, that clip at the beginning, we can we can walk away. Mm-hmm. We can walk away with joy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Be careful out there in the refuge, that quicksand. Okay. All right. Be on guard against quicksand and the swamp and sorrow. of sadness and sorrows yeah. all right well hopefully this has been beneficial for you as we've been walking through the book of ecclesiastes uh we've been talking about sadness this week next week we get to talk about we get to pep it up we next get to week talk, get to talk about death <laughs> so <laughs> looking forward to it <laughs> how are you going to traumatize us next week yeah. jay <laughs> what clip are we going to show <laughs> all right well if this has been helpful please make sure to like subscribe share and we will see you on friday as we continue talking about the doctrines of grace we'll see you next time